This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Senzak and Aaron Camaro. It's time to rock your socks with the Fox. What's up, everybody? Time once again for the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro. Now, normally right about now, I'd be joined by my good friend Chris Sinzak, who's not here quite yet, but he's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Listen, we just recently passed the 25th anniversary of the passing of Eric Carr, easily one of the greatest and most iconic drummers in rock and roll history. And, you know, Decibel Geek fans, 99% of us love Kiss, and that means we're all big fans, and we all probably remember where we were when we heard the sad news back in 1991 that Eric Carr had passed. Hard to believe it's been 25 years. So Chris and I thought it'd be a great time to sit down once again and talk about our favorite fox-faced drummer, Eric Carr. And who better to do that with? Well, none other than Decibel Geek's probably most popular, most asked about, most favorite guest we've ever had, Gary Corbett. He's going to be joining us in just a little bit, and he's got a bunch of really cool surprises for us. But before we get to that, some of you who may be tuning into the Decibel Geek podcast for only the second time might be really, really disappointed right now because I'm not Canadian. Yeah, well, that's because last week we got to enjoy Hoser Heavy Metal Volume 5, hosted by Rich the Meister Dylan and Wally Gator Norton, along with Love Razor. And how cool was that? Those guys were so awesome. I'm so grateful to Wally and Rich every single year when they give us this break on Thanksgiving. We need it, man. We work hard all year round, and I always look forward to it, and those guys never disappoint. And Love Razor, holy shit, how good are those guys? What a great band, great group of dudes. I can't wait to hear more from them in the future. They're on the right track. I love it. Now, to today, before we can get into our talk about Eric Carr with our good friend Gary Corbett, we got to take care of some quick business here. And my favorite way to always start the Decibel Geek podcast is a sweet-ass five-star iTunes review, and I've got one right here, and it comes from a long ways away. comes to us from Senor Blackwell. Oh, he's well down in Argentina, and it goes a little something like this. Just started listening to these guys last week. As a Kiss geek myself, I began with all the Vinnie Vincent specials. Thanks, guys, for the Jan Kuhnemand episode. Lots of memories came back to mind while listening to these podcasts. Greetings from Patagonia, Argentina. 
I'm the original Mr. Blackwell on the KISS FAQ forum. How cool is that? All the way down in South America from Argentina, people rocking and rolling with Decibel Geek all over the world. Now, talking about people that help us out a ton every single week, I got to tell you about them. They're our Geeks of the Week. Oh man, I gotta read it this week. I'm gonna feel Chris's pain, but I'm gonna give it a shot. These are the people that retweeted and shared our episode from last week, that hoser heavy metal that you guys love so much. Got so many great reviews on that again. Wally Rich, great job. Here are some people that also thought so. Thornbjorn Olson, Adam Cox, Brent Tibbetts, Matt Ashcraft, Todd Cunningham, Anthony Britt, Dave Shirt. Mark Alden Taylor from the Freeform Rock Podcast, Cobras and Fire Rock Podcast, Ross Feichert, Warren Money, Mikhail Burrell, Robert DePasqua, Andrew Jacobs, Rockin' Ron Runyon over on Decibel Geek TV. Check him out. He's got a bunch of great stuff going on right now. Uh, also, Greg McClone, Wayne Cross, Brian Knapp, Kenneth Roy, Sean Cullen, Trevor McDougal, Aaron Baker, Dorothy Howard, Daniel Lee, Playball66, Rise Let, and of course, the Mooger Fooger. Awesome people out there helping us get the word of rock and roll onto the streets and in the internets around the world, letting people know there's a party going on here at Decibel Geek, and you're all invited. Speaking of partying, as I sit here right now and I look around, my studio's a wreck, man. We had a really good time that night with Gary Corbett. Now, remember back when Gary was on the show the last times, we talked about Gary's home video collection. And Gary's been talking to us for quite a while about getting those together and letting them, letting us see them. And we couldn't wait. And we begged him and begged him, please, Gary, you know, get it together. We want to see him so bad. And he finally did. And he brought him over. Now, we had so much fun hanging out with Gary that night that we spent hours and hours and hours out here in the studio perusing his video collection and also just talking about the awesomeness of Eric Carr and Gary sharing his insights because he was very close and personal, great friend of Eric Carr. So who better to talk to him about than somebody that knew him, spent time with him every single day. I love it. I love hanging out with Gary and hearing these stories. You guys are going to love them too. So here's the deal. We ended up sitting out here recording for so long that we got so much great audio that we really couldn't clip it out. So we've got like so many hours. We've got two episodes worth plus a bunch of extra stuff for the VIPs, which VIPs, if you got in the word already, we're changing up things a little bit. We're not going to be using Dropbox anymore. Now, for the Chris and Aaron show and all the extra, extra audio stuff that you guys get, you're getting your own personal YouTube page. That's Decibel Geek. It's secret. It's for VIPs only. If you want to become a VIP and become one of the people that get to hear Eric Carr's 40th birthday party from a swank hotel somewhere in the south, it actually looked like a Hotel 8. But Gene Simmons is there. Bruce Kulick's there. Gene sings Happy Birthday. All kinds of cool stuff. That and a whole lot more coming for the VIPs. But for us, like I said, two episodes worth. So we got to make it a two-parter. We thought we'd do something special. You guys... This is why you should subscribe to Decibel Geek if you're listening on iTunes. Is because, well, you're going to get the second episode a lot sooner than what you normally would 
and a lot sooner than you might expect. So hit subscribe, and as soon as it's up and available, you'll get it automatically. So without any further ado, I think I got all the business taken care of. We're going to go ahead and get right into our conversation. So much fun with Gary Corbin. back at the party puking all over everybody yeah, Ace, Ace basically stands up at the head of the table in front of everyone and proceeds like to make a toast make, girly wants to make a and then vomits all over the place <laughs> gotta love Ace yeah. but you see and that's why when all the stories that I always heard about those two because I had never up until oh, I'm sure you heard a lot of stories yeah. the, the Ace stories were always told with laughter. Of course. Yeah. And the Peter stories were always like that motherfucker. Yeah, because yeah. Peter always went way too far. But no, yeah, but that that, that, that dedication party, apparently Eric Carr was just kind of like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, because he didn't, he wasn't like that at all. Like, well, the thing, and the one thing that, and I'll ask you about this, which, you know, this is probably years later after the whole Peter Chris thing, but Paul always, Paul and Gene used to always comment on how <clears throat> they always found it strange, I guess because Peter had driven them nuts and they were like, good riddance to bad rubbish. But they could never understand why Eric always had this hang-up about wanting to make sure that Peter Chris liked him. He was very... Because he was insecure. He wanted to be like... He had to be liked everybody, by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know... And you know how people... And they would Eric. be like, dude, fuck that guy. We threw him out of the band and, you know, you don't... You know, you're the guy and quit worrying about him. And he's like, oh, but I want him to like me. And they're like, why? Mm-hmm. But I can relate to that because I have the same fault. Yeah, I guess when you, when you're in that situation, which is an odd situation of people coming up to you going, "Hey, you're not that yeah, guy." I'm sure he got plenty of that. You could say, "Yeah, you know," but that whole situation that's probably true. didn't help his case. He you wanted him, he wanted the blessing of Peter exactly so that the fans would like also him. accept yeah. him too. Yeah. yeah, so that he could say, you know, and say, "Oh, you ain't no fucking Peter Chris, man." Yeah. Peter Chris was a man. And be like, you know what? I agree with that. Peter Chris is the man. As a matter of fact, I'm good friends with Peter Chris. Peter Chris has basically passed me the torch and has asked right. me, you know, to to keep this going. And then the, all of a sudden, that whole perception changed. The fans are like, "That's cool, man. You're mm-hmm. doing a great job. You know, keep it up." Yep. And again, that goes back to that old school Italian mentality of the respect thing and getting the and, blessing you know like yeah. the godfather that yeah. makes sense it means a lot to, to yeah. That. yeah so should we do the official intro now is that the intro to the show this week <laughs> <laughs> you want to fade in with that i don't know well i mean we're here in the studio we're hanging out with our favorite person. I, <laughs> obviously, he's one of your favorite people too, yes. because one you of the know, most downloaded guests we've ever really? had. Still, and, huh? Still, and back wow. by popular demand, as always. Gary Corbett's here with you. Uh-huh. If you haven't figured that out yet, hi guys, happy to be here. Uh, and uh, yeah, the minute I mentioned on Facebook that you were coming back, a lot of uh, really excellent. All yeah, oh, yeah. that's great, man. I really appreciate that. And actually, got uh, we. You're the two episodes you did. The the real not the keyboard but the two first ones you did with us, um, which it was one talk for you. Um, those went up, the YouTube versions went up and they've gotten a lot of co- really? positive comments too. So yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I mean, well, I don't know that I remember you talking about how you got involved with Kiss, but what was the first time you came in contact with Eric Carr? When I got to L.A. Um, for the first rehearsals I was doing with them <clears throat> was Crazy Nights tour. Yeah. They had already been in rehearsal for a couple of weeks, and when the band stayed in L.A., Gene was living there already, so he, he would obviously stay home. Bruce was living there, but Eric used to 
get this like efficiency apartment for mm -hmm. the duration, you know, and he used to really like this place and I was staying at the Hyatt and so he had a rental car and so I didn't have a rental car and we had rehearsal every day so he used to swing by on his way to, and pick me up and that was really how we started hanging out. More evidence of what a nice guy he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... You know, basically that started. I mean, I, I my first meeting of everybody, with the exception of Paul, mm -hmm. you know, who interviewed me to get the job, was I flew into L.A. I was picked up at the airport and driven straight to a TV studio because they were filming Top of the Pops, yeah, which was a TV show, yeah. And so I, you know, that was my initial meeting of everybody was when they came back off, you know, backstage there. And they were all dressed and everything. I had my suitcase. Uh, I just yeah. was coming. They were from... their uh, crazy nights era costuming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spandex. And yeah, Paul had all the bike and bicycle reflectors. <laughs> reflectors. <laughs> yeah, and that footage is it's now up on YouTube. But up until just a couple of years ago, you couldn't find it anywhere. But oh, yeah, you're about it, to see a bunch. Uh, of it. Yeah, and and but yeah, that's a that's a that was a bit of a rare video for a while because. Mm -hmm. Top of the Pops was a little bit of an oddball show. It was a, U it was a UK show, right? It, well, it was yeah. a UK show, but they were doing a, an American version. Oh, they were. Okay. They try, you know, they always try to... If something's a hit over there yeah, at right. the office... And, yeah. You know, and American it was one of those Idol, everything little else. Little yeah. playback appearances. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, first impressions of Eric. I mean, what did you think of him when you first met him? Well, I had heard a lot about him because we both were from Brooklyn. And, yeah. you know, I, I was already playing on the New York scene when he got the job. And that was a big New York audition, cattle call thing. So every drummer in New York... So had you heard of him when he got hired for Kiss? I didn't... Um, I heard of I heard of him because he got hired for Kiss. Okay. That was like my first... I didn't know if you knew of any of the like Flasher or Mother Nature no, I didn't Time know, like, or any of that Those were just stuff. cover bands. Those right. Like, you know, top 40 uh, bands. Top 40 disco bands that played at local clubs and stuff. You so, probably played some of the same clubs, though. Yeah. 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 But... Um, yeah, so we had, and he, plus he was a little bit older than me. Yeah. You know, as, as far as like the age group for hanging out with bands and stuff, he was, wow, so he, he would have been, he would have been 65. So yeah, so he had eight years on me, which at, wow. at that age was a big difference. Right. Yeah. In that 20s. puts him in the generation yeah. ahead of you. Yeah. Wow. So we wouldn't have come in contact in the clubs. So yeah, he would have been 61 this year? 65. 65 this year? Yeah. Wow. It's 25 years since he passed. He was 40 in that in that birthday video. He, he passed when he was 41. 41. So he would have been 66. That's right. Wow. Wow, he'd be retirement age. Yeah. That is so hard to wrap my mind around. Cause Tell me about When it. you think about him, you think of him at 40. You yeah. don't think of him as an right. old guy. Right. And it's just one of those people, you can't ever picture him as an old guy. Right. You know, because he was... Because he'll live forever at well, and he was yeah. a, and even at hearts. And even at 40, he was a 20-year-old. Right. I mean, right. He was, he yeah. was always such a child oh, at heart, you know. Absolutely. Total prankster, you know. Yeah, you'll see. I mean, yeah. there's and, some funny stuff that you'll see. And, you know, and if, if you guys, those of you... Because we, we always get new listeners every week. If you haven't heard the first talks we've done with Gary, listen to those because they're very detailed. And if you want to hear about the inside story about <laughs> Kiss from all those years and, and everything with Eric, that's good. Yeah, you should probably pause this for a minute. And listen to Go those. back and do that and then come back to this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, because um, I, I start, you know, and then of course this week I've been going on YouTube and watching a whole bunch of Eric Carr stuff. And one thing I, I remember um, was a Howard Stern appearance that Gene and Paul did in 93 on the mm -hmm. TV show he had for a while. Mm -hmm. 
and he mentions um, how uh, you know Gene wanted to beat the hell out of him because mm-hmm. of some jokes he made when Eric Carr died. And Eric was right. a giant fan of Howard Stern. Right. Yeah, and he yeah, mentions yeah. that a friend of Eric's called in and said he passed away. Can you discuss it? W- were you the friend that called? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was also a friend of the show. I mean, I was a huge Howard fan. Yeah. And. I listened every morning. I used to get up at 5, 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the morning routine basically was wake up, make coffee, yeah. and call Eric. Yeah. And we would sit on the phone for two hours yeah. talking, but we both had the radio on. Yeah. And that was our yeah. morning routine. So yeah. he was definitely a fan. Sure. Yeah. And so when he passed away, well, the, the craziest thing was when he passed away, Carrie came from L.A. F- for the funeral. Of course, yeah. And... I had to pick her up at the airport, mm-hmm. and as I was driving to the airport, I was listening to I had the show on, and they were talking about Eric's passing, right. and I had to shut off the radio mm-hmm. for, because right. she was getting in the car. Yeah, but Eric, I, you know, Howard made some really funny. Yeah, I've, I've heard the clip. Yeah. yeah, 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 and so it was really funny. Yeah, and so although I, uh, in fairness, I can see why Gene and Paul be like, oh. This isn't cool, but Howard's a ball buster, and that's yes. that's, that's that's his that's, brand of yeah, humor. Yeah, and if you're not totally used to that brand of humor, you'd exactly. be like, "What the fuck is this guy's problem?" You know. Right. So and, I can see both sides of this. And the Thursday of that week was Thanksgiving that year. That's right. right. So the show with Howard happened this year too. Yeah. Wow, that's bizarre. The show yeah. with Howard happened on Monday or Tuesday because Eric passed on Sunday. Yeah. And so they, the Howard Stern show went on break after Wednesday show, and they played reruns on Thursday and Friday. Right. So on Monday, when they got back in the office, Gary Delabate, who was the boy Gary, Baba Booey, right. of course. <laughs> called me up, and he said, did you hear the show that we did about Eric? And I said, yeah. He goes, did you think it was funny? And I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I just got off the phone with a very angry Gene Simmons, and he's demanding a copy of the show. Because and, and he's People demanding we take it. Oh, you know, oh, he's gonna and Howard's got to publicly apologize. Oh, wow. or he, or he's gonna be sued. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and I said to Gary, I said, look, Eric was a big fan of the show. Yeah. And those guys were not, in my opinion, really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end, so fuck them. Don't send right. them anything. And tell them to go fuck himself, basically. Right. You know, and that's basically what they did. Yeah. But then. We go to, that weekend now is the funeral. Right. I go to the funeral and we get to the restaurant after the funeral, which is a custom in the Italian family. Like everybody goes out to dinner afterwards. Right. right. Gene and Paul are at the funeral. Eric's family's not real welcoming, so there's very few people that they could sit with to have dinner. Yeah. My wife and I sit down at the table, and it was like a buffet, so they got their food and they came and they sat down at the table. So we're sitting there eating, and Gene is sitting in, he's sitting at the table like this, and he said to me. He didn't know that I had any involvement right. in the show. <laughs> oh, no. Well, well, I have to back this up a second. I'd sure okay. like to know who that friend is. <laughs> yeah, I'll beat his oh, ass. man. Here's where it starts. Okay. Monday morning. Now, like I said, Eric passed on Sunday. Right. MTV knew about it. Yeah. But there was no internet back then. Right. It was pretty much MTV was all you had. Right. right. Yeah. And so... And Freddie Mercury died, too. Right. Which was completely overshadowed. Overshadowed all of Eric's stuff, yeah. And so I called the Howard Stern show. I called Gary on Monday morning because Howard would do the news at the end of every show. Mm -hmm. And so I called Gary, and I, like I said, I was a friend of the show, so I would 
come on the air sometimes. So when I called Gary and I said, listen, Eric passed away yesterday. And his family had already agreed that they were going to do some kind of uh, viewing for the fans. Yeah. Right. And I said to Gary, I said, you know, Eric passed away. The, the funeral is going to be on this date and the fans are welcome on this day, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to come on the show, but I would appreciate it if Howard would mention it in the news. Sure. And when the news segment came up, that's when he started breaking out the records and saying that, you know, the, all the shit that he said. I remember right. one of the jokes being they started playing Beth and they was like, yes. oh, I'd crawl into the casket with him if yeah. I had to sing that song or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't even him. It but that was a Peter Chris song, which tells you how much Howard Stern knows about it. Right, yeah. and it was Peter singing. Yeah. It wasn't even Eric in the band on right. the, the record. So, right. it, you know, yeah. it was just in good fun. Yeah. So... I Although was, from serious Gene Simmons' world, I'm sure he's yeah. right, like, where does this guy go? I can understand right. why yeah. Gene Simmons would want to fight somebody. I truly can that. see both sides because I love Howard Stern. <clears throat> right. I've, I've listened to him for a long time. But on time. the other hand, then you got, let me tell you something. That's Beth. That's Peter Chris. He's not in the band anymore. That's the least good representation of what right. this band is. Yeah. Right. How dare you talk? You know, yeah. I can understand that too. <laughs> Should have played Little Caesar, Dan. Right. But, but that's yeah. a good song. Yeah. So I, you know, so I ended up being kind of like the reason it all got started in the yeah. first place. So now I'm sitting at the after funeral dinner, and Gene's asking me, "Do you do you listen to the Howard Stern show? Because he doesn't know that it all came." Well, you know, I've heard it a few times. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. He goes, "Did you hear the show where they talked about Eric?" I said, "Yes, mm-hmm. I did." And what did you think? And I said, "Listen, you know, you really can't." Uh, fault the guy you know that, that's his humor yeah. right when Sammy Davis Jr. had throat cancer and he used to refer to the thing as his cancer kazoo right yeah. you know the, he, it, 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 the, nobody was safe and that was his know. way of paying it's, tribute it's a shock jock that's the definition of a shock jock but then Gene said to me he goes well what exactly did he say oh so he had because he hadn't heard the show oh. he only got the phone calls from other people who had heard the show right so you know it's that game of telephone uh-huh. where right. everything gets blown out of proportion it, nothing was he wasn't told accurately what was said yeah so now I start repeating the whole thing about jumping in the cat and, and he's sitting there like this and I could see him starting to laugh smile yeah, yeah. He's, he's getting and, oh, that song really does suck yeah. and, and, <laughs> so by the end of the meal he he got it you know and I said and Eric was a fan I, and I explained to yeah, him yeah you have you know, to look at it in context and, right. and what he did yeah. he was fine with it because I suppose you know, all he got was the phone calls going yeah I'll sure yeah, talk shit about Eric talk yeah. about shit about Eric talk mm-hmm. shit about Kiss yeah <laughs> now I will defend the guys in the band for the the letter they sent to Rolling Stone you remember this no when Eric passed away Mm-mm. And maybe it was a PR move because of all the behind-the-scenes drama at the time. But at least as far as as far as us fans were concerned, it, it spoke for us, even if it wasn't sincere on their part. But it was basically, we find it inconscionable that you guys would completely ignore the death of this guy who played for millions of people, played yeah. on albums that sold millions of copies, yeah. just because you guys are in the Cool Kids Club. Amen. And you think we are not. Amen to that. And you guys should be ashamed of yourself. Well, and that's absolutely true. And I guarantee that letter is what is part of what delayed them from getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a long time. Yes. Because they publicly called Rolling Stone out on their shit. Yeah, but you know what? I would have said the same thing that I said to Gary at the time, which was they really didn't 
stand by him when he was ill and dying. Yeah. And anything they do as a public move... It was a face-saving thing. Yeah, yeah. and I was really... I, I'd rather they said nothing, to be honest or with you. Or get some publicity out of this. Some, to, to, and, and positive publicity. Make them right. look, oh, poor guys. Well, as a fan, I like Right. I mean, yeah. well, plus, Sounds I hated good. what Rolling yeah. Stone represented. Yeah. You know, right. It assholes. was true in either way. But I'm sure it did not help their case on getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because I'm sure Jan Winter was pretty pissed off when, when that came out. Right. And there's, no re- and there's absolutely no reason on earth why the Rolling Stones should not it, have... But like you said, that was the, and that's the reason because they, they, it's the all, band always had a horrible relationship. Always, with them. Yeah. yeah. And I've never understood that. Like I knew, you know, I can understand hating certain bands, but like it's just like they had this real hard on for Kiss. Like yeah, they just from, wouldn't. From they day just didn't, one. Well, look they at Kiss. Mention them. You know, they just it wasn't for yeah, intellectuals. It, but, but, you know, but and then that's, you'll put Britney Spears on the fucking cover. How is she an intellectual? Time. It's a different time. Yeah, but it's like it's like. In the nineties, it was what sold albums made the cover. But in the seventies, it was what we deem cool, not what sells albums. Right. So I but, guess if Kiss came out in the nineties, they probably would have been all over the cover. But you know, back then, yeah, that's why you, 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 you had Circus, you had sure. Cream, you had yeah. a lot of magazines yeah. where they were gods. Right. And so yeah. you know, if somebody has an opposing opinion, it's also going to be frustrating if if it's never voiced anywhere. Right. They took the attitude which is they didn't like their music. Yeah. They knew, because Gene was known for saying there's no such thing as bad publicity, just talk about me all you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they knew that in the end, the best way of getting to a band that you don't like is not to ever is mention ignoring them. them. Yeah. And that's, that's what the biggest, they did. It's the biggest insult. Sure. Yeah. If you insult them, you're giving them attention. Mm-hmm. Because so, yeah. Gene already said that he doesn't care if you talk bad, just talk just about Just talk about me. Right. You know? And so yeah, that's gives, true. That gives you they the played it well, invitation. right? Yeah, and Gene, well, yeah, Gene didn't do a lot to make himself likable during that time either, right? So any of them, really, yeah, or yeah. Ace or, or Peter, yeah, or they, or yeah, they were always kind of thumbing you know, you gotta, I can always see the fans' point, but the, fan, the what the fans never Rollins. see is the the actual people mm-hmm. that are involved in it. This is not two entities; it is two yeah. entities, but it comes down to people. And right. you know, sometimes people don't like each other. It happens. That's yeah. true. Especially in rock and roll. Yeah. yeah, that happens a lot. And you, you know, you put throw a couple of huge egos in there. Yeah. So, so like I, I used to think Kiss was pretty cool, and then I met one of them at a party one night. In yeah. 1979, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have the Next greatest... thing I know, I'm drinking a beer and everyone's laughing at me because I'm drinking Ace Frehley's piss. What the hell? Fuck them guys, oh, you know. Something like that, Same or I, mean, yeah. I met Gene Simmons, or I saw Peter Chris shoot at somebody, or or Ace, did you, know. you know, did the last line on the mirror. Back. Paul Stanley stole mm-hmm. all it every girlfriend I ever had. That happened quite a few times. Every dressing room that he I'm ever sending, showed up I'm, I'm sending you a link to our Joe Rinda episode because you will get a lot. <laughs> of there are some insane Ace Frehley stories. I'll tell you what. I, mean, I remember <laughs> when when Kiss was huge, and you know, in the, and he was still in the band. Yeah. I, could, I was at that point. I was in clubs in the New York scene. Yes. Yeah, so you so if he really, showed up at yeah. a club, yeah, everybody was happy to. You know, he he come in the dressing room loud and boisterous. I'm sure. <laughs> and literally, there would always be that mirror with yep, the lines chucked out, and every line was accounted for. You know, for and he'd get the mirror and go <laughs> and laugh, and oh, every, yeah. you know, and, and nobody would get mad because he's the face. He's face you know? really. How can you get mad? But that was a that he's was from right. another planet. Yeah. He doesn't understand our drug Funniest thing about that, the guy could do in, the most vile, disgusting yeah. thing, and you'd be like, "I love that guy." Exactly. <laughs> uh, some people would just like they well. You know, they used to talk about him like be, they used to say he was like being on tour with Arthur. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's exa- that's mm-hmm. that's very well put. Very mm-hmm. similar to that character. Yeah. But it was always said with fondness. You know. Oh, yeah. was, was They a, didn't want to deal with drunk. it. Oh, right. The stories were always oh, God. fond. No, I, if yeah, if there's any time to sympathize with Gene and Paul, it's <laughs> dealing with that fucking guy. Yeah, because right. him and Peter. But yeah, because yeah, it could not have been easy to work with. Yeah, right. And that's also a testament to Ace Frehley for cleaning up because to be able to be that person and yeah. have that excuse, you know, he's Ace Frehley. He's from another planet, you know. He's drunk all the time. He's crazy. So and he's everybody's favorite. Yeah, everybody loves everybody him, loves you know. Him. So then when he comes yeah. and acts crazy, it's just this thing to watch, you yeah. know. And then for him to have to be able to stop doing that—that's that's insane. And, and with regards to Eric, because like that's what bums me out the most is that Ace's time with Eric and the band was so short. Yeah, and can Eric you imagine, loved him. Can and you spent imagine on the elder what those two could have done on some full tours together? Eric loved. They would have driven Gene and Paul insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he actually Ace, awesome was, uh, Ace was being interviewed on uh, Eddie Trunk the other day, and uh, Eddie brought up you know that it's been twenty five years, and and Ace was just like, look, he's like that guy. He's like, you know, there, there's not a bad thing you can say about him. He's like, he was, you know, he he was a super stand up person, and we had a great time. And he mm-hmm. and he said, you know, he loved pulling pranks, and we had you know we had a great yeah. time getting under people's skin. But yeah. but he was just like, you know. Really nice guy, hard work ethic, and you know he mentioned that they got together a few times and mm-hmm. wrote together, and yeah. and you know he was excited about working with him, and that was I think I remember one of the biggest letdowns for Eric was when uh, he had worked with Ace on some solo mm-hmm. stuff, and Ace wanted him to play I think it was on the Trouble Walking record from like ninety, eighty nine or ninety, and Gene and Paul said no, you can't do it. Yeah, they were they mm-hmm. were they were being pissy about it. Absolutely, yeah. and, and and it really bothered him. Yes, from what I but oh yeah, 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 because he really did. He, he loved, loved Ace. Ace. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, when Eric got sick, he we were writing together. We were doing some writing together, and there was a piece of music that was the last thing that was on the tape machine that we never finished. Mm-hmm. And I had ne- up until that point, I had never met Ace, and and. Um, not long after Eric passed away, I met him at a Kiss convention. Okay. And I said to him, I said, listen, I told him about that piece of music. I said, the best thing to do for, to, for me and for him, especially for him, would be if you would be involved in finishing it. Right? Yeah. Whatever, for whatever happens with it. Right. But, it, you know, just never happened. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, he, he absolutely adored Ace. And Ace adored him, too. Yeah. Because I, I remember Ace is talking in interviews about, like, he got the phone call that Eric passed while he was driving in New York, and he said he literally had to pull over because he was just overcome. Yeah, I, I could see. That. And he said he just such a sweetheart of a guy. And yeah. um, but you know I don't want to get caught up in in the the, the morbid part of, of mm-hmm. him passing away because I mean we all know how awful it was. But yeah. um, but uh, touring with him, I mean you and him spent a lot of time together. So yeah. I mean, what, what what was what was the usual routine with you and him back in those days? Well, you, if it, on the road, it, well, it depends on where we were. Yeah. You know, we would always go out after the show, and we you know, and if we were someplace interesting, like uh, you know, in Europe, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we would go out, and it was usually just the two of us, and that's basically how we got so close. Because anytime we we're on the road you really didn't see anybody else. Yeah. And so we were kind of forced into being friends. <laughs> <laughs> but but we, you know, we yeah. definitely, you know, got along really well. But speaking of Eddie Trunk, I got to tell you a funny story. Sure. When A was a DJ, he when he was first starting out, he was a huge Kiss fan. And he was one of those guys that used to show up 
at rehearsals mm-hmm. and stand outside and get stuff signed. Yeah, he was a know. real fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, there are guys that you see on a regular basis and you get to know them a little bit and you know that that's one you want to avoid and that guy's <laughs> kind of normal. What the hell is he doing here? But he's normal. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to talk, you know, and those guys you talk to. And Eddie was always, like, the coolest guy. Yeah. You know, and as a, even as a kid. And so when he had the rate, he, he started out, he was working at a record store, but he had this mm-hmm. heavy metal show at a station in, D- in Jersey. Yeah, we had him on the show, and he's told us about that yeah. start. Yeah, a record store into the, yeah. and then to the radio station. But he knew everything about yeah, everything. Yeah, encyclopedia. Like a, yeah. Yeah. And he so was Eric, out there learning in yeah. the streets. And Eric loved him. And so he, he would go out and guest DJ on Eddie's show. And it was on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So one night, Eric shows up. He picks me up. I, I used to go out to do the show with him all the time because it was a long drive and it was fun. Yeah. Awesome. So we were driving out to Jersey one night and we get pulled over. Mm-hmm. And the guy comes up and rolls down the window goes through the normal license registration and stuff and he says to Eric you, you've been drinking and Eric's like no and, uh, I smell alcohol says, no I haven't been drinking and the guy's not believing him and he starts you know putting him through the alcohol paces and right. and the truth was Eric wasn't drinking right huh. but the guy wasn't letting up and, uh-huh. and it was starting to get to the point where it looked like you know he was going to arrest Eric and then the guy said, do you use hairspray? The alcohol... <laughs> That's what he smelled? Because of Eric's, Eric's giant Eric's hair. giant hair with the aqua. It had so much fucking aqua yeah, in it. Yeah, it would smell like a brewery. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look at me, man. <laughs> of course I do. That's a trip. Uh, he had us on the side of the road for a while, and it really, I really, and I didn't know what. And Eric's we, like, "Why is he giving yeah, me a hard time?" Yeah. <laughs> and he thought it was because he had long hair, and so did I. And I'm sitting there with my head down, just trying not to look at the guy, you know. But yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Eric Carr on the way to make an appearance in that year. All you smell is hairspray. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he's the, he, you know, he used to carry a briefcase with him, and and one of the things in the briefcase was the, the can. I can imagine. And yeah. he worked, you know, he worked it. So maybe uh, if he was around today, we could we could blame him for global warming. <laughs> partially, <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all <laughs> at least partially. <laughs> uh, and, uh, awesome. and I heard that uh, in interviews, I think Paul used to say that the funny thing is Eric would have the biggest head of hair of anyone you'd ever seen. But he thought he was going bald all the yes, time. Yes, always, and he was always doing this to, is to make sure everything was even and yeah. up any spots. You know, he was like deathly afraid of going bald. Yes, That's and he looking to you know look in the mirrors to see the back and always worried about gaining weight. You'll see that even in the videos. although genetically his dad was bald too. Yeah, so I mean I can yeah. see why he had yeah. that fear. He's probably yeah, like, oh, God, I'm gonna be like my dad. I'm gonna lose my hair. And his hair was everything. Yes, like, I mean they made his his face looked tiny because yeah. his hair yeah. was so big. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. That was part of his look, you know, from oh, yeah. the very beginning. Yeah, he had bigger hair than the rest of the band combined. Yeah. It was nuts. Pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so so you basically you hop off on during the Crazy Nights tour. Mm-hmm. And the Crazy Nights, uh, I, and I know you weren't following Kiss musically at the time or whatever, right. but, you know, that album was considered kind of their, they were trying to pull the Bon Jovi. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. and the they keyboards, of course, were. were a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Which your friend Phil Ashley played on the on the album. Right. Um, what was Eric's opinion of them doing that trend? Did, did he like what the, he was playing at the time? Well, 
he never complained about it. Yeah. He liked whatever was he liked what the current trend of what where that music was, and yeah. that really was where it was. He his favorite, you know, he preferred Creatures of the Night sure. or anything. Well, yeah, because he's front and center on that. Album. Yeah, 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 yeah he he's is the star of the album. But um, no, he didn't. But he, he was okay with it. He was fine with it. Yeah. You know, he he was just happy to be the drummer in Kiss. Yeah, you know, he was happy to play and. He didn't really have much of an opinion about that. So it was no matter what style they were playing, he was still able to sound kick-ass back yeah. there no matter yeah. what. Did he ever talk about The Elder? Well, that was a sore topic on the bus, and I brought it up one time. <laughs> oh, because, I want to hear this. Because, you know, I was not a follower of Kiss, <laughs> sure. and we were on a break from tour, and I was home, and I was listening to whatever the local underground mm -hmm. heavy metal station was at the time in my car, and they played this track that was just fucking awful. Do <laughs> you remember which one it was? No, I don't. But when I went back, when we got back out on the road, I started questioning them about that record. Like, what the fuck? What were you thinking? What, yeah, that kind of a thing. And, and, and the whole vibe about it was really weird. Not Nobody seemed awkward. to be a big fan. Well, you know, they actively pushed to not have it in record stores for years. Like, they, like you couldn't find it yeah. for a long time. Yeah. But you know what? Look, hey, look, how many records did they make? A lot, a lot of them. You know, so hey, you take, you, yeah, you know, you get an idea to do something. Sometimes you come up with great stuff, well, which they've done. Sure. Yeah. And so you know, something. If you're going to come up with the great shit, you got to come up with the really bad shit too. It's all. It's true. Uh, they took a chance. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, I just I know because like that was Eric's first album with them. Oh, so, that had to be scary. So you got to think this guy comes in and they they want him because he's got a John Bonham quality to his playing. So he's thinking yeah. I'm gonna they're gonna do a Zeppelin type album mm -hmm. or something. They're like, all right, Aaron, or, or all right, Eric, um, follow this harpsichord part. You know, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck, you know? Yeah. And like, I remember, oh, and yeah, because in the Ace interview on uh, Eddie Trunk's show the other night, you know, Ace talks about how not only he, but Eric also would call meetings with Paul and Gene and Bob Ezrin, who was producing it, and go, I don't get it, guys. This, this is shit's weird. This is not right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and especially for Eric, because he's got to be like, this is my first kiss up. That was that was oh, before yeah. Lick It Up? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they yeah. had just done... That was back when he was still wearing the Fox makeup. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, they had done Dynasty, which had I Was Made For Loving You, which was a huge hit. Right. And then, which was, that was a disco song, yeah. but the rest of the album was pretty rock and roll. And then they do Unmasked, which is very disco. And, Bobby, and yeah. it's almost disco and new wave. And it bombed. And then they do The Elder, which was honestly, I think in hindsight, they would admit they were trying to... Do the wall. They would do the wall by yeah. Pink Floyd. That's why Ezrin got brought back in. But it's such a misguided record. But that was Eric's first... Because Eric came on after Unmasked was released. And Anton Fig played on that record. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he just played Anton's parts live. But... Yeah, for their first, and they you know went to Australia and played stadiums and you know yeah, and he's 50, playing all the old cool Kiss songs and he he's got, rocking out and I'm, having fun and then it back yeah. in the studio and it's like all right remember we're all gonna the do really this. cool songs we played on tour you've been rocking all this time doing a great job yeah we're gonna do something totally different yeah mm -hmm. we're gonna play this stuff with flutes and lutes and all kinds of bullshit and, yeah and I'm uh, it's gonna have a story well and listen and listeners know that I, I'm. I'm not a fan of the record. Uh, Aaron kind of uh, hit and miss. You um, know, is there Stonehenge? Exactly. exactly. For that, I appreciate it. I appreciate the funny thing. I don't love it, and but I, I appreciate a, it. I want to give a plug to this book because I'm about to order it for my own Christmas wish list. <laughs> There's a 500 page book that just came out about the making of music from the Elder. Yeah, um, I want to read that yeah, too. Julian, Who wrote it though? Well, Julian Gill and Tim McFate, two guys that run KissFAQ.com. 
And they've put out a lot of really, really well-researched, like, educational books about Kiss's career. And, uh, and I can't wait to read it, even though I dislike the album, which is so... That, the Kiss fans are weird. I don't but starring well, like the train wreck. You yeah, want to know all about Well, it's you know? fascinating. Yeah, it's, but it's a yeah. fascinating period because Paul and Gene, in particular, went to such great lengths to not talk about it. And anytime yeah. they do talk about it, they're like, it's a good album, it's just not a good Kiss album. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's a good... That's a perfect PR Or Gene's... Or I love Gene's... My favorite is Gene's line where he's like, for a, uh, for a Genesis album, it's a seven. For a Kiss album, it's a three. So that's, that's yeah, a, that's, that's a very that's viable. Which is well put because yeah. it sounds like a Genesis album. Yeah, but, uh, but no, like I just that. didn't know if Eric ever talked about like I can't believe we made that. Yeah, no, no nobody, <laughs> nobody liked that record, and I never heard anybody say a word about it other than Paul liking the fact that it was his hand on the cover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's in Chris Lent's book. He talks about how they were initially going to have like a hand model put his hands up, and he's like. Paul made no secret to about the fact that he thought he had nice hands, so we. <laughs> hand now that you mention it, my hands are really nice. Which sounds very Paul, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. From everything I've heard about him, that's very, very yeah. much him. Well, and then and Gene's think, right there going, "That'll save money." Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and you're hired. And keep him happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's very important. That was very important. So, uh, and you know, I think that was probably more a Paul project than a Gene project. No, it was. Think. It was a Gene project. Really? Gene conceived the entire story. Did he, he really? Because yes. he's so comic booky, though, Gene, you know? Gene wrote the story initially as a film treatment. He wanted to make oh, it go Hollywood. Okay. Oh, I see. And then they were stuck for ideas. They even tried recording at Ace's house, and they were trying to do, like, a hard rock album. Right. But there was no, the chemistry wasn't there at the time. They weren't. It wasn't working. Well, they no, could play that they're kind of trying music to play rock music. Huh? They wouldn't have been able to play that fusiony stuff on it, right? Because no. what they're looking at is Pink Floyd, The Wall. It just come out. Yeah. Bob Ezrin produced it. The came with the movie. And it was massive, and it was massive, and it was awesome. And they wanted, you know. Own. And to this day, people love it. I love it to this day. Well, it's, it's, probably, it's a it's a fantastic yeah. record. It's the great. whole thing, the whole concept of it, mm-hmm. is more than just it's the record, you know. And their kiss was like. That's what we, we need want, to do. We want ours. Well, we started this conversation talking about how when the hair bands changed to having yep. keyboards, so did they. You know, right? It, they were very much. That, that's why they were able to sustain themselves from 1973 yep. and yep. made records now. through the 80s and through the 90s. Still making records yep. because they'll they'll follow trends to yep. a degree, right? But through every trend, they're able to keep just enough of themselves. Mm-hmm. And also be just good enough at that current trend to be able to keep on going. Well, that's because we're nerdy fans. But as, as a fan, that's always been my argument is like, yeah, they do follow trends. But like, especially during Crazy Nights, they were putting out hair metal songs, in my opinion, that were as good or better than the stuff that was topping the charts at the time. Totally. I would have taken most of the material on Crazy Nights over Bon Jovi. Oh, yeah. But Bon Jovi looked better, so they got all the record sales. You know, True. That's my take on it. But um, but with Eric on that tour, I mean, you know, the, Paul and Gene talk about what a prankster he was. I mean, would he screw with them a lot? Well, I don't know how much he was... I'm trying to think. I, don't, I'm, I can't think of anything specific he did with them, but we used to always... I mean, even if you look at the, the tour book that they sold on... Crazy, uh, um, hot in the shade, mm-hmm. where they I finally revealed that I was there, and they put a picture of me That's in right. the back. Yeah. The reason I'm standing in that position is because I'm st- while I was standing there having my picture taken, Eric was behind the photographer throwing grapes at me. <laughs> and I was trying to block 
great. That's where that post I always thought from. you were a kung fu master. No, like, like hire this kung fu master to play blocking, keyboards. I was blocking a break that he threw at me. That cracks me up. You know, oh, nice. right? That's but awesome. Was, but we used to have a thing on when if we we would we would go take the uh, trash container from our room, uh-huh. go down to the ice machine, fill it up halfway with ice, fill it up the rest with water, and lean it against the other one's door. Uh-huh. And then, you know, knock it's on soaked. the door, and then have it fall on their feet. Mm-hmm. And we would do that back and forth to each other. And we got into it where we were going back and forth. And he couldn't get me back. Yeah. I was too slick for him. And one day he thought he was going to get me back, and I, I heard him coming out in the hallway... And I ran and I dialed his room phone, so he had to go back in his room. And while he went into the phone, I put it. Against him. So when he came back out to get me. He got hit. That's genius. But, uh, we, we, yeah. So yeah, he was definitely oh, so. a prankster. That's hilarious. <laughs> nice. Oh god. Well, That's and, so funny. You know, and uh, a lot of people, you know, through, you know, after he passed away, and then of course. You know, his parents were were very open about letting the fans come to the services and everything. His parents, you know, kind of became part of Kiss lore as, you know, such, you know, nice people. Well, they weren't sure. You know, here's the... What happened after... After he passed away, we went back to his apartment because they had to pick out clothes. Right. And his mom asked me to help her pick out the clothes. So we're standing and we're talking about what to bury him in and we start talking about the the services. And yeah. at first they didn't want to, they were so angry because of everything that had gone on, they didn't want anything to do with Kiss right, at I the funeral. Want to put it behind them. And we talked for a while and I kind of tried to make them understand that at, with Eric, being the drummer in yeah. Kiss was the most lot. important thing. Yeah. And, and the fans were... You know, but they they didn't know that they weren't around it. You yeah. know, right. Once I kind of made that clear to them, that they said no, that's okay. you know, and they made that one day at, during the wake. Yeah. For the for the fans. Right. And that's, that's so why cool. I called Howard Stern with the details. Right. Because we had worked it out. Well, and, yeah. And that's amazing that they do that. You know, it how is. many stars that pass away. Do their family say we're going to open this up to the public yeah. to the people that love him? Well, his parents were great. Yeah, yeah they seem like very good-hearted people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They just weren't really, you know, they weren't in the world uh, with him all the time, and and that's why they kept asking me. You know, it was really weird to be asked questions like that. You know, what, yeah. what to bury him in? I, you know, but. Yeah, we spent a lot of time you, together. Right? I know what he, what I see him in all the time. They kind of looked at you as his representative, I'm guessing. Yeah, because you, know? you were with you were him around him daily pretty basis. much on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. and so, so you know, and I love the guy. So yeah. you know, I wanted to make sure that at least whatever I thought he it was, you know, would be the way he would have wanted it. Yeah, you know, and wow. and that was important. The fans, and I'll tell you what, when when we went from the. Um, chapel part to the actual cemetery yeah and that we had a procession and they had state troopers that, i mean it went on for miles and my right i couldn't on. believe it it was so um like touching yeah when we pulled it because i was probably five cars back from the the family's limo yeah. right and we so we pulled in and and every intersection had troopers at it with cars and lights and directing traffic and we didn't have to stop for anything. Yeah. And all the way there. 
And when we got out of the car, the, the you couldn't see the end of the cars. Wow. It was, wow. It was really amazing. Well, it's a testament to his interaction with the yes. fans. Because, yeah. and you, and I'm sure How you well loved he was. saw yeah. numerous examples of it. Because, like, just... You know, I didn't get to meet the man personally. I wish I had, but mm. it's one of those things where I've heard so many things about him. I feel like I had. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he took the time to talk to anybody that wanted to talk to him. Yeah. If you were a fan and you had something you want to ask him, he would sit and talk to you until you were done. Yeah. You know, and it was hard sometimes. You know, we we come down to go out. And to go out to eat or and something, get, caught up with people. get in the lobby of the hotel, and there's you know a couple of clusters of fans that have stuff to sign, and you know he'll stop and talk, and then this one, then I could have a couple of yeah pictures, 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 talk, 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 yeah. sign, 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 sit down, have a glass of wine. Yeah, he, like, he put them ahead of his own schedule. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. always, and and it would be like, dude, come on, you know, let's go. Yeah, it's like, come go. on, dude, I want to go out. Yeah, I'm starving. Just a few more, man. Let me sign well, a yeah, few and more. Like, and I'd hear stories about you know fans would write him and he'd write like multiple page letters mm-hmm. back to them and like he just I, it's so one of those cool. things where like he knew he knew what position he was put in and he mm-hmm. knew how much it meant to the fans because I mean he grew up a music fan himself yeah it and meant he, that it meant the world to him yeah. to be a guy that people want yeah. to, to look up to like that and it's just I've heard countless stories of mm-hmm. just I've never heard one single story of Eric Carr was a dick to me ever. No, right, no. ever. You weren't. Because like he, he would just. It's just like he knew how much it meant to people to meet him, mm-hmm. and and he also he knew he was an, an ambassador for the band. Because mm-hmm. even when Paul and Gene would be doing their own thing, or they were too busy to come down, or whatever, he and I will say Bruce to an extent too, because they would both seemed like they were very open to try to represent the band on those guys' behalf. Yeah, and do it well. And they did it well. I mean, you got to admit, you know, they hired Gene and Paul hired two very classy guys to to represent them in the band. But <laughs> but Eric, you know, it just he never forgot what it was like to to be a fan of music and I right. it just said like yeah. not I don't think I guarantee I don't think you probably ever saw an example of him rock-starring somebody or no. like thinking he was too big for whoever was around him. No, if anything, it was always he, it was always self-deprecating yeah. humor with him. Very, yeah, yeah. very insecure. Um, he, <laughs> I just I started thinking, you know, he's saying about representing the band when he first got in the band. Did you ever hear the story about the photo shoot that he did? Well, you probably no. You well, you might have because I'm a nerd. Okay. Which photo? You have to be more specific. When he first got in the band, there, you know, it was after a show and he was hanging out with this chick who was a photographer. Was that the German shot. photographer. I don't took pictures of him in the tub. Yeah, I know about this. Oh, go ahead. Man, what? <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, Paul and Gene were pissed about this. Yeah, well, because he went to them and... This is during the makeup asked, days. He, he, uh-huh. she, he asked them if it was all right. Because, you know, he had to clear everything. Right. Had, you know? And sure. So, they said no. And he did, they didn't want him to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, but she promised that... It would be private. You know, it would be just for... It would just be private. And he went up to the room and ended up taking... Like these nude photos in the bathtub. Oh no! Yeah. And this was during the makeup era. And so there was with his makeup on. No, 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 no. No, with, no that's why they were Which pissed. Was even worse. He's naked with his makeup on. No, no, no. No, I'm saying it was. Oh wow! Yeah. During the makeup era. Which was Dang, not, yeah. So he was came naive. Out in a magazine. 
he was naive to something yeah, like that. Exactly. Oh, and they were so pissed at him. Yeah, <laughs> but she told me she was she, right. They exactly. were pissed at Those him. Those guys they, were like, "Come on!" But man. they also laughed at him heartily for after. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah after, when they learned. told the story, it yeah. was funny. Yeah, when it happened, it wasn't. Oh, funny. I'm sure it wasn't. They were like, "You fucking idiot!" <laughs> but that was yeah. Eric. So you know, those so pictures innocent. ever get published? Oh, they did. Yeah, they yeah. were in a German magazine. Oh wow! I think one of the photos is in the history book, actually, if I remember right. Yeah, it's a picture of him with a wine glass coming out of the tub. And candles and all kinds of shit, yeah. And he thought it was going to be just between them. Yeah. Wow. yeah. But she said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she did more than say. She did other those things, guys, too. And those guys would have a lot of fun at his naivete. Yes. You know, during yes. those during the early days. Oh, yes. They're like, he has no idea. No. And he was, and he was always also, getting himself in those kind of situations. Yeah. One of those yeah. guys, like, you know, with those sitcom character oh yeah he, was, he probably he, he took had, uh, them back to remember when we were like that remember when we were fresh on the he, scene and didn't understand he had a bit of a Larry David were. quality to him I mean a little George Costanza-ish <laughs> yeah. you know like he would get himself in situations oh, that he had no idea hilarious yeah, yeah he, he, he'd get over his head a lot and it's funny he's like he's in one of the the biggest rock bands in the world and but he would do some stuff and be like what <laughs> yeah. are you doing <laughs> yeah but yeah, I was, I was. It's one of those things where I got. I would have, if I could have a time machine, I'd go back and hang out with Eric Carr for a day because it looks yeah, like it would, it would. It would never be a dull moment, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, some of that footage. Have you seen the exposed two footage of the from the hit Hot in the Shade tour? Oh, is that where we're playing basketball? Yeah, and all that stuff. <laughs> no, but I remember that. But uh, that day. there's a lot of good footage of you guys palling around during that time, and and Eric is such a cut up. Like. Uh, I guess it was going to be exposed to, but it was going to be like, Mm -hmm. you know, what's it like on tour and everything. Although when you watch it, it's like, really what this shows is how mundane touring really is. Because there's not that much glamorous stuff going on. And it's like Eric Carr's playing it up because they're in the the dressing room. And he's like, look, it's Bruce Kulick's hair dryer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Paul Stanley's brush. Oh, God. Well, and that's <laughs> funny because that's how fans would oh, be. Oh, sure. Totally yeah, would yeah. be that way back then. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You walk in that dressing room with those guys before the show. See, that was that was the part of the job where, that like, my job, yeah. which was great being off stage uh-huh. because I didn't have to change clothes for the show. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can wear whatever the hell you wanted. Right. So there was that two-hour period before the show, and that's how long it took those guys. They were literally two hours Even without makeup? Dude, they wore more fucking makeup than they didn't wear makeup. <laughs> It was I more tripping going on. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it was like watching my grandmother get ready for, you know, to go to a bar mitzvah. They, you walk <laughs> in the dressing room, man, there was four stations set up. Yeah. You know, and each one had a different colored bathrobe on. Right. You know, their hair back, and they're sitting in front of the mirror with the lights all around it. Each, you know, and each one had their little works, the makeup, each one had their own little makeup kit. And, yeah. And it was... So they might as well have been wearing the makeup. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, you know, and it was... A lot of preparation, man. But on the other side, I, I the the amount of effort and discipline. Well, yeah, takes you're to my hands off to him. Yeah, man, I, that would have done. That's more than I would have done. Yeah, because yeah, it would have been a lot easier to say, oh, "We ain't doing." I all did myself this. of his gene for one Halloween, and I was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, and that was uh, that, that was the asylum era. Yeah, and, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. And not to mention, I did VR through the next year. Not that weird. Not to mention the strain of doing the show. You know, you know, Paul. Yeah. Used to, Paul used to have to stretch and mineralize before. You know, it was like he was like a, an athlete. Yeah. Sure, you know, and I don't know how he does it now. I, right. You know, he's got. His, you know, he was always in great shape. Yeah, he's and, always been know? a health nut. Yeah. 
But he had friend. back issues, you know, like, and he used to have to stretch and stuff. You well, know, I guess well, you were good on thing the, he did all that. That he's able to still do it now. I yeah. think it's hot in the shade tour that he got in that limo accident and broke his ribs. Was it that tour? You were around for yeah, that, weren't I, you? I vaguely remember. He had that. to do like four or five shows with broken ribs before you guys got a break. I remember that. Yeah. But uh, but no, like that that footage is is it's it's interesting to watch. You know, you guys playing basketball, <laughs> and it was like you. Get, I don't know. Honestly, the, when you watch, it's like, man, you know, the two hours on stage are great, but the other twenty-two hours look like they suck. Well, like that's the, absolutely true. It's like yeah. a lot of downtime. That's that's the road, man. You know, and it's if more of an endurance through that than it is the playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I always felt like I was getting paid for. <laughs> right. You know, it wasn't the show. The show was, was like, fun. I just have to deal with being on the road, man, yeah. and yeah. sitting in a hotel room. And, and there's no internet then either. No, there was no. So picture. you're just you're stuck with watching daytime TV. And there was and no shit. cell phones. Yeah, there's nothing. You know, like to to call home, like that that you had to plan that in the day, and you had to. What well, well, I if it's a show day, then you know you could call from the arena production uh-huh. office. Yeah. If not, you don't want to do it from the hotel room because it costs ten times as much as it should. And, you know. Yeah. It was. It was crazy, man. You, after the show, you go to the production office and it'd be it'd like jail. You know, to be the line down the hall, all the crew guys, all over, everybody Why waiting to call home the for the day. Wow. And, you know, it was a different. It's Definitely really mind blowing to think about that because, yeah. like, you were an adult then too. Yeah, and it's like, but you just, when you think back on it, it's like, God, how uncon- how inconvenient was everything? I mean, yeah, sure. you don't realize it then, but you look back on it now, it's like, God, can you imagine having to go back to that life now? Well, and food, you know, when we were on tour, when I first started touring, you'd go to certain cities and you'd know, like, when you get there, with the certain restaurants you'd want to go to. Sure. I remember when I would go to like the West Northwest, uh, like Seattle and, yeah. and Portland. I used to look forward to going to this cafe that they used to have. They're called Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> a cafe called Starbucks. And you know, now, so you went to Starbucks before it became Starbucks. Yeah, wow. but now every town you go to has the same restaurants. That's right. true. Doesn't matter where you go. Yeah, it's chain food everywhere. That's true. So when you go on the on tour now, it's a lot easier because you could always at least get. You know, any Olive Garden, you know, if you want Italian and this one, if you want that, and you know, and if you want something out of the ordinary, just pull out your iPhone and tap it in. Yeah. Well, since we're on the subject of Eric, what did Eric like to eat? Pizza. Pizza. After show, Domino's. That was it. Because that's what I was just about to say. Well, because again, you know, that's (laughs) something. Pizza's familiar. Coming from Brooklyn. Yeah. You don't like any pizza anywhere in the country. Yeah, because it all sucks compared to that. Right. So. If it wasn't for Domino's, think about what pizza would be like in Nashville. So yeah. they at least brought a standard to right. the whole you knew country. Where you were yeah. Every time. Right, before we get back into our conversation with Gary Corbett and the first video viewings of the episode, I want to let you know that the holiday season is the perfect time to be doing your shopping on Amazon because you want to get those unique gifts that you can give someone. They're always going to remember it, and they're always going to remember the awesome person that got it for them. Find out what somebody's into. Look it up on Amazon, and I bet you you'll make a huge impression on them this holiday season. Now, if you're doing your shopping on Amazon, which you should be there's two important things you need to know about and they're both over at decibelgeek.com 
You're over at decibelgeek.com anyway because you're getting your Decibel Geek t-shirts and you're finding out the latest news about the newest albums that are being released because the fine people over at decibelgeek.com, they're out there on the streets doing the legwork for you. Album reviews, concert reviews, uh, albums that are coming out, some that are just recently released. I mean, it's the season of rock and roll and you want to be out there getting stuff, but man, you know, time's tight right now. Not everybody's got the time to check out every new album that comes out. That's why it's great to have these people in our corner check out all the awesome articles over at decibelgeek.com and like i said when you're done check out the top of the page you're going to find two very important banners the first one is an hk collectibles ink banner and what hk collectibles is is an amazon store that is run by our good friend daryl albert and he's got all kinds of cool stuff there whether you're looking for rock and roll or cool posters to hang on the walls some vintage stuff things that are hard to find you want something really unique hk collectibles inc is the perfect place to start looking as a matter of fact talking about what we're talking about this week there's some really cool eric carr era kiss stuff at hk collectibles including a ticket from the pittsburgh stop on the hot in the shade tour in 1990 with slaughter and uh, also a ticket from the january of 1986 knoxville show on the asylum tour all that and a whole lot more over at HK Collectibles Inc. Just click on that banner at decibelgeek.com. Takes you straight on over there. You do all your shopping. You'll thank us because it's easy to get lost in Daryl's store, HK Collectibles Inc. Also, right there, right near his banner is our Amazon banner. You don't know about this? It's very important to us that you know. So here's how it works. You're doing your shopping on Amazon anyway, I'm sure. So when you go there, instead of just going straight to Amazon, go to decibelgeek.com first, click on our Amazon banner. Bam, you're at Amazon. Doesn't look any different. Prices are all the same. It's good. You go through, you do your shopping. When you're done, you check out. You've paid the price that you intended to pay for all your purchases. Now, what happens because you went through our link at decibelgeek.com, Amazon then takes a cut of their profit their profit not yours not nothing you paid but what they're making they're cool enough to give us a piece of it and they're small pieces yes but they all do add up especially this time of year when everybody's doing their christmas shopping and we appreciate it so much when you do it because you know it takes you an extra second to go through our website but it helps us a ton so when we do that what do we get we get the list the list is everything that was bought through our link and it's pretty interesting. It gives us a good insight to the people that are listening to this show. Like Chris says, some of you are kind of weird. But here's the list. This is what we got this week. Um, hmm, where to begin? Wow, Chris typed this up for me, and there's a lot of stuff here. So I guess we'll just start at the top. Dia de los Muertos. Got me speaking Spanish right away. Day of the Dead and Sugar Skull coloring books. That's cool. Um, Suicide Squad clothing. A couple of shirts and hats. Ooh, what's this? A Dazentech 2016 new 3D VR virtual reality headset. Nice. And it comes with the glasses and all kinds of stuff for the smartphone. Very neat. Uh, Infant Kiss Rock the House onesie. That's very cool. There's a very cool six-month-old out there right now. Um, Also, I bet you go into the same place. A Twisted Sister. I want to walk nice onesie also medium very cool black rock and roll little kids out there in electronics i got the amazon tap alexa enabled portable bluetooth speaker an amazon echo white 
uh, 33 RPM record sleeves, 100 cone of them. That's cool, getting your old record collection together. In DVDs, we got 1,001 classic commercials. <laughs> Normally, you fast forward through them. Here, you get a whole DVD full. Um, oh, here's another one. Beer commercials from the 50s and 60s. I bet you that's cool. Cigarette commercials from the 50s and 60s. Marvel's Captain America Civil War DVD. Star Trek Beyond on DVD. And X-Men Apocalypse. In toys... Hmm. Got to tell you, there was a ton of toys. I'll never be able to read them all, but yeah, lots of toys. Thank you very, very much. Uh, digital songs. Judas Priest Battle Cry was downloaded. Also, Rat, Best of Me, Dance, I Want a Woman, and Looking for Love. And ZZ Top Rough Boy featuring Jeff Beck. Very cool purchases on the downloads. For full albums purchased on Amazon through the Decibel Geek link this week, the brand new Rolling Stones album, Blue and Lonesome. I haven't heard nothing about it yet. I'd be interested to check it out. Eddie and the Cruisers, original motion picture soundtrack. D.A.D., Everything Glows. That's an awesome album. I really like that one. Uh, Wasp, last album. Golgotha, everybody should have one of them. Lady Gaga, Joan. Joanne, I'm not sure. I'm not big on the Lady Gaga. Uh, Blackberry Smoke, Leave a Scar, live in North Carolina. That's cool. And rounding out the Almighty, Soul Destruction, and Blackmore's Rainbow, Stranger in Us All. Those are all things purchased through the Decibel Geek link. Like I said, just go to decibelgeek.com. Only takes you an extra second. Helps us a ton. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, like I said, subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes to Decibel Geek because, like I said, the new episode, well, the next, the part two to this, is coming up real soon. Now, you're going to hear a lot of cool stuff at the end of this. Um, we're going to get into some of the videos. You're going to hear some live stuff. You're going to hear uh, some personal, candid stuff. It's all very, very cool. So, yeah, let's get back to it. Here's Chris, myself, and Gary Corbett. Okay, so we're back, and we're going to start viewing a little bit of video of Kiss back in the day with Eric. Where's this at? Uh, Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Fort Wayne, Indiana, Hot in the Shade Tour. This is one of my favorite concert entrances. Oh, wait. This, the, I don't think this is the one from the pit. No, this, no, this is from the soundboard. This is also from the soundboard. Okay, hang on. Same show, but... No, different show, but... I so love that they opened with I Stole Your Love. That yeah. was the first yeah. song I saw Kiss ever play live in front of me. Kit, oh, here it is. All right. This one, you'll see. Fort, this is Fort Wayne, 1991. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There's the Sphinx. Now we're up close. Oh, we're seeing the Sphinx up close. up close. Leon Sphinx. Yep, Leon. That's right. Do you see her? Yeah, I can see it. Okay. And this is so. Are you in the pit shooting this? No, but it's my camera. One of your buddies is doing yeah. this. Okay, I got permission from them. He was, a, he was a photographer who used to shoot the shows all the time, and I got permission from him to go in the pit okay. with my camera for the whole show. So the mouth's opening up, the lasers are coming out. I'll That's never awesome. forget seeing that for the first time. I was so happy I got to see this tour. This is one of the best entrances they ever did as a band yeah, in all Yeah, through the mold. That's Including great. the makeup era. I love this entrance. That's wow, this is really up close. Yeah, this is awesome. Here comes the bombs. 
Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> also like it in the mic there. This is awesome. This is great footage. I always wondered if Larry Mazur had them copy Cinderella's look during the song because they had a very similar look to Cinderella because he was managing Cinderella yes. too. They were definitely aware of Cinderella. They were doing the fringe the and the high top sneakers. Well, then you even hear Paul Stanley's playing Les Paul. It, it's very similar to Cinderella's look at the time. Well, except for Gene, Eric Reddingham was not wearing wrestling boots. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gene, but you looked awful there this time. I think he looks pretty cool. Paul looked cooler in that outfit. And I love that he went back to playing a Les Paul. Yeah. You can't beat a Les no Paul Steinberger. Oh, God. Although my first electric guitar was a Steinberger knockoff from J.C. Penney. But you know how heavy that somewhere. is for him on his shoulder, though? It's a heavy guitar. That's why he's back. That's why he had a stretch. Yeah, it's a coffee really table shot. with a strap yeah. on it. Yeah, basically. It's like playing a Gibson Thunderbird bass. It's yeah. heavy as shit. How does it feel? Voice in there. So you're doing backing vocals yeah. also. Awesome. This is great footage. Nobody's seen this. Nobody's seen this. This is wild. I think this is some of the best footage from this era of this yeah. band that I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Gene's pointing at me. Oh, <laughs> he's like, no, he's pointing in your direction. Otherwise, he's seeing spotlights with him in the face. It's like when you're up on that stage area, you can't, you can't see, see anything. It. You can see the first two rows. That's about it, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's just spots from every angle. Now, when you're on stage like this, are you? He- what are you hearing? You're just hearing from your monitor right in front two, of you? I had two wedges, but it was the same mix as the PA. So yeah. I was getting pounded. Did you have certain band members you wanted to come near you? No, I wanted to hear You them. wanted all of them? I wanted oh. the show. Okay. Because at the end of the day, I'm rocking to them, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like you're playing a lot of Yeah, you're record. enhancing the, yeah. the hole, so you got to hear the hole. Yeah. They go right into Duke. That's a great one-two punch to start the show. Two of their best songs. And this tour was notable mostly also because they went back to a lot of the classic material yes. on this tour. Which really made a lot of people happy. Well, when we were talking about the elder before and, and that whole era, yeah, I, I, I remember when I came in at Crazy Nights when we went to Europe for the Month of the Rock. That's when they first started bringing Strutter and Deuce yeah. and all those yeah. back. And I remember the fans' reaction being really positive. Oh, they love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which all this was stepping stones towards what eventually happened. Right. But I love the '80s era Kiss. I mean, that that was my Kiss. Yeah. Uh, 
gotta love Gene Simmons wearing a Kiss t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's being that guy. Yes. <laughs> He was the original fat guy. Yeah, <laughs> true. I do love that lizard face bass that he played mm-hmm. back on the yeah. That was a cool bass. He'd say to the merchandise, he said to the wardrobe, go out to the merch then and get me the black shirt. And, you know, I cut it the way I like it. Yeah, he always would cut the chest way down. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul had a different cut that he liked. Right. He <laughs> Take a little off the sides. <laughs> That's awesome. Those two guys are so like particular that. about certain things. It's oh, yeah, you know, if you're going to be wearing it, it's got to be the way you well, like it, They have so right? many little quirks about them that, like, are so unique to those guys. Yes. Like, all right, I don't know if you ever saw the Tears Are Falling video that came out in the 80s. Well, the girl that was the wardrobe person, which I found out her name was Flora Thymeyer. Hey, Flora. Was you know my tramps... Uh, it's Mike Tramp's girlfriend or wife. Yeah. Okay, right. She made She's a clothes. clothing yeah. designer. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. she did the clothing for Asylum. It was all her fault. Yes. So <laughs> she's responsible for the Golden Girls look of Asylum. And uh, but like she uh, so all right. So she's she comes up comes into the day of the shoot with tears are falling. They're like, what do you got? She's like thinking she's gonna get fired. She's like, okay, what about a bunch of neon colors thrown together? And like, okay, let's do it. Because Paul G at that point was trusting anyone that has an idea. And, uh, but she's talking about how getting these guys ready, and she said, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life, seeing each of these guys fight for over who was going to be the, the last one out to the video shoot. And she's like, anytime one of them would get ready to go, he'd see that, like, she, Paul's ready to go. He's ready to go out and shoot his video. He'd see that Gene wasn't ready yet, and he'd be like, oh, I need this altered, or I need this altered. And then Gene would do the same thing. And, like, it got to the point where she's losing her mind. She's had no sleep. And, like, at one point, she's fixing something on Gene's costume, and Paul goes, Fleur, can you fix blah, blah, blah? And and at one point, she just gets exasperated. She goes, if I was a fucking monkey, I could do it with my toes. And they just died laughing. But she was just like, she's like, I've never seen such a crazy relationship as with these two guys. That's some kind of crazy OCD thing going on there. It's a weird competition between the two of them. All the time. Over the smallest detail. Yeah, she's like, it's almost like a married couple. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's like, there's like competition over the smallest entrance. It's a really interesting relationship. (laughs) But it's probably also part of the reason they went as far as they did, too. They drove each other. Yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Indiana. Awesome. Indiana was the birth of the birthplace of the Kiss Honor. That's what he said. Sarah Hope. Yep. Yeah. So people go, okay, I guess we're going to go. We are in the wrong place. Yeah, that's a good average time. Gary Corbett told me he was in this band, and I don't see him up there anywhere. We're out of here. It's funny how things come back around, because we're talking about an era which we're watching on video here, which mm-hmm. looks amazing. It is From amazing. Fort Wayne, Indiana on the Hits Tour. 25 years later, um, we mentioned Eddie Trunk. It's come right back and comes full circle because Eddie Trunk. I'm not the, the biggest fan of certain things Eddie says, but one thing I will agree with him on is 
it's kind of ridiculous that he's been sort of cut away from from the family because well, he's like, a friend of Ace. Because yeah. of his friendship with Ace, but also because he disagrees with the fact that they're dressing other people up as Ace right. and Peter. And it's a valid opinion. You don't have to, you know... And sure like, he's not the only Kiss fan with that opinion? No, I Absolutely would not. 80% maybe. I mean, I'm still... 75. A, I'm still a fan and I think it's great. I won't go see them live because Paul's voice. That's my own opinion. Why he can't... He's not, have you haven't heard recent videos? No, he can't oh, do that anymore. No, I think he still sounds all right. Last I heard, I didn't think it was too bad. Well, one of us just took a bong hit, and one of us didn't. But anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, no, no, I Get saw him. I saw him in two thousand nine, and they were still good live. Mm-hmm. But to me, and I took my son, and I was like, okay, this is the bookmark. I'm gonna end it here. I'm not gonna go see him live again because I've. It's a positive show. Oh. But no, his voice is really substantially worse. Uh, and then watch this because at least he's singing good here. No, he's yeah, great. Yeah, he sounds yeah. fantastic on yeah. this. Yeah, this, he, he oh, was really in good shape on this tour. That's amazing. This footage is crazy. Yeah. But no, he, um, but no, Eddie Trunk's been kind of basically, you know, pushed mm-hmm. away by yes. from the family because he disagrees with something. Well, you know, I feel bad for Eddie that that's the case, but at least it makes me feel better that it's, at least they're consistent. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Especially with uh, that guy. You know, and Paul did a uh, art showing in uh, New Jersey when he was doing his paintings and and you know Eddie had criticized them for dressing up Tommy and Eric in the makeup and he goes out to the art showing hoping to catch up with this guy Paul that he's been a fan of and a friend of for a long time and a champion of he gets up to Paul and uh, Paul goes oh now you like me huh and Eddie's like what are you talking about and he's like oh well you know you can slag me on the radio all day but but now you're going to be my friend so with Paul, it's almost like either you blindly agree with every single thing I say and do, or you're wrong, or you're cut out. Exactly. Well, that's what everybody that and they surround themselves, but which yes, is not hard man. to do because you're paying people well right. to do it. And people that's are fine. trying to make a living, right? And but but that's what I mean. You know, you'd be surprised how many people, and I understand, especially in this day and age, it's hard to make a living. But everybody has their own line of what they're willing to. do put up with right and, you know, and it, it amazes me how many people have a really high bar as far as you know that they'll take uh, as much as they will to, yeah. to, to the price on their integrity yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean you know it's everybody's got their own you know everybody has to, to live with themselves sure. and that's what it comes down to you know, if you're comfortable with those decisions I just never, I've never been one of those people. I never could play that game well. Right. Well, I think you also coming from a, a non-fan perspective, you know, you were kind right. of like, well, you're, yeah, just, totally. you're just another New Yorker with a guitar to me. You're not... Well, and I appreciate, you know. I grew to appreciate what they do and what they are and were. And oh, I'm are, sure. You know. But at the same time, on a man-to-man musician-to-musician level, you're like, you're just another musician yeah. to me. I mean, I'm not going to... Mm-hmm fawn all over you because you're who you are I, you know we have to be honest with each other yes. right but that's you know. totally different than the Eric Carr perceptive because when Eric Carr's coming in he's looking at it and he's got you know the audition is massive you know yeah. everybody like you said every drummer in New York I'm sure you know the you story know, and Eric Carr is a fan and, and all that I mean, and he was fixing stoves with his dad. Yes. You know, and then he and they gave him a Porsche. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's got a Porsche, and he's going to go to Australia and play soccer yeah. stadiums. And right. 
It had to have been insane. Well, and here's the thing. I I was in a band on Mercury Records at the time that the auditions were going on. Oh, yeah? And we were looking for a drummer. Uh And so we were managed by Tommy Mottola, who who ended up, you know... Head of Sony. Right. And so he was very well connected in the industry. You were managed by Tommy Mottola? Yeah. Wow. crazy. Yeah, 1980. Wow. Well, yeah, it was 1980. So he was just getting his start at the time, too. Yeah, well, he was managing Hall & Oates for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, he was Hall & manager for... Wow, he he was always home. What was the name of the band? Uh, the band I was in. Yeah, Tom Dickey and the Desires. Tom Dickey and the Desires. Mm-hmm. Tom Dickey. It was like a new wave. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah, and so um, he reached out to the people that were running the Kiss. Yeah, I guess it was at Bill Coin's office at sure. the time. Yeah. Also another New York management office. Uh huh. And he would he got all the runners up of the drummers. Uh-huh. Because we were looking for a drummer, we were about to start an album, yeah, and we needed to replace that, you know, a drummer, and we went through all of their oh no kidding second and third. And See, fourth. this is something I don't think anyone knew. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Did Bob Definitely. Bobby Rondinelli come through you? Um, no, he wasn't suggested to us, but we got a bunch of guys that really it was amazing. Like yeah. I said, like I said, every drummer in the tri-state area uh-huh. was aware of the auditions I'm and sure. they went on for months you know yeah. and then they would narrow it down and they would narrow it down so you auditioned some of the guys that auditioned for Kiss yeah that's wow. interesting it was because it was simultaneous you know <laughs> yeah. and so yeah so we got to see a lot of, I, remember, I remember one guy came in he had the you know the scarf and the, uh-huh. his drumsticks were in a briefcase and he had the driving gloves and this blazer you know he thought British. for sure he had the gig yeah yeah he should have had the gig based on his wardrobe but he couldn't play the fucking he drums. was terrible <laughs> yeah. Everything he looks ability. cool but he yeah. sucks as a drummer yeah. there was a lot of that around New York in the 70s yeah, yeah. if you had good hair and yeah. good wardrobe you know then where were you were doing the auditions at we were in a studio called Full Tilt uh-huh. They were like up a couple of streets up, probably at SIR. Yeah, yeah, the big one. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That is wild. So, you guys, do you ever end up recording something with them? Yeah, we had this couple albums out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to check in. Yeah, that. no kidding. I'm gonna find those. I got the cover. The cover of the album is on my Facebook page. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to check into that. Oh, I had short hair. I was playing it was a uh, punk, punk new wave. For yeah. It. I was, wow. I was playing Shebop for my daughter the other night on the way home. Of course, I did not mention what it's about. No. No, she doesn't but, know. but I'm like, you know, I'm friends with the guy that wrote that song. She's like, really? I'm yeah. like, yeah. But she loves uh, True Colors and mm-hmm. Time After Time. She, I love that stuff by Cindy Lauper. I'm like, you know, I know somebody that wrote with her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's mailbox money for you to this day, is it not? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I'll say that's paid for a few bills, I'm sure. Yeah. Still does. Yeah. com, Amazon links, Cindy Lopper. Yeah. yeah help me Buy it up. Song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy everybody you know Cindy Lopper albums for Christmas. <laughs> Let me ask you this because we're watching the Hot in the Shade tour on this video here. Uh-huh. What? I know the Sphinx thing is an Egypt thing, but the rest of the stage, what the hell was the theme of this? With the slime coming Yeah, out with like, so like water coming out of places and big tubes and stuff. Did they know. even know what it was? No, there was no need. They just thought it looked cool. It looked cool. You know, and and the, the, the slimy stuff was like fluorescent, so when the black lights were on up in the lighting rig, it would glow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So it's almost like, a, you know. like an alien it's Egypt. Kind of teenage yeah. mutant ninja turtle thing. But like, like, look at that. You've got, it looks like... Yeah. Like piping you'd see plumbers install in the ground. Yeah, yeah. 
course, when I was 13, I'm watching it going, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, don't forget, and that makes it very easy to break down. You know, that, it's just a split underneath, and they pull it right. off, and the metal shit folds down. And I'm that, sure it was very efficient. That show was out of the arena in an hour and a half. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Because it looked like such a huge production right. when you're watching. Well, the fucking Sphinx head, I mean, does that three break pieces. down into pieces? Three, 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 three pieces. The bottom, the middle, and the top of the head. And then how do you connect the part that makes the mouth open? It was just... That's the bottom? Hydraulics? Yeah, and there was a guy standing back there, probably Charlie Hernandez at the beginning of the show, was the button. Now, I know the guy that did the pyro was John Watkins. For that was after me. Uh, was it after for me? On that tour, it was Kurt Anthony. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. But now that... And although I'm still to this day, as I mentioned to Bruce Kulick, who had no memory of it, I'm irked by the ugly K and the Kiss logo that would rise up during I Want You. That's the worst lighted Kiss logo well, ever. The, the hit, what happened was that was shot in the first week of the if I, if I if it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. When we when we started the Hot in the Shade tour, which is what some of that video footage that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the beginning of it. It was shot during the production rehearsals. We rented out that arena in Lubbock, Texas. And I remember the night of the first, the actual first show, there were still pieces of the kiss sign showing up as the audience was filing in to their seats. Because really? the, the first one came and it was completely wrong. Yeah. And it was, it was another Stonehenge kind of moment. Well, the one they went with yeah. was wrong. Yes. Yeah, it looked like a, it, it was, was a wrong, wrong font. Yeah. Yes. We talked about this with yes. Bruce Keeler. Yeah, who had no memory of it. But there was nothing, it was that or have <laughs> that no kiss sign. It was, it was use it or have no kiss sign for a couple of it days. It was like... Until the replacement could be done. Which made. tells you they huh. didn't save any of that shit from back in the day. Because, like, they could have pulled the one out from back in the day. And right, from the, the right, great see, kiss warehouse yeah. that we all imagine. Yeah. No, there is. And there was at that point. But they're, they're in, like, all, they're in different places. Some of them are in New York. Some of them are... And they didn't really have an inventory. Yeah. They'd get back at the end of whatever tour. So throw the shit it's in. It's not as organized as you think. Right. Because <laughs> at the end of this tour... They actually had the wardrobe girl, Eileen, stay in New York for an extra few months to actually go through everything. Wow. I think it was at the end of this story. It might have been before that, but there was a point where she actually had to stay in New York and her job for the next couple of months after the tour was over. Just to inventory everything getting put away. Yes, and, wow. and you know make sure that the costume stuff was taken care of properly and you know, had plastic bags and, yeah. and let them know what they had because I guess they were starting to sell stuff to you know hard rock cafes and sure. stuff and they figured why pay for storage if you could actually sell the stuff and make money with it right and um, one day when we do a big reunion this yeah. stuff's going to be worth money but I, got, I tried on jeans um Boots with the claws. Yeah. And the and the big breastplate thing. It's the, the dynasty tool. Yeah. Yeah. With because, the rock that looked like a rock costume. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When she she was working and she was in the way and I stopped in to say hello and that just happened to be what was out, so of course I had to try it on. But the funniest thing was I had a cigarette at the time in my hand at the time. So I I said, Okay, well, you put that help me put the, the thing on. So I put the cigarette in my mouth and she helped me put the thing on and then I couldn't get my hands up to my mouth to get the cigarette out of my mouth. And I was sitting there like I couldn't get Which is the way Gene would have wanted it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smoke right. <laughs> but yeah, but those boots, dude, I let me tell you, those yeah, freaking things weighed a 
ton. See, that's and that's the kind of shit that made me really actually start to respect and admire yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, the work ethic. Well, insane. there's six pounds of palmetto bugs glued onto each one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made me understand why he walked the way he did because when you picked up your foot, the weight was so heavy that yeah. you really couldn't. Yeah, you got to take big steps. Yeah, yeah, and straight. Straight up, yeah. Straight down, you know. Because uh, otherwise, down. you're gonna fall on your ass. Yeah. yeah. You can't just piddle around with them. But it made me realize, like, you know, how, how he came up with some of his moves because of that. Oh yeah, you need to listen to the the interview we did with Pixie Esmond, who she was awesome. She was the the wardrobe designer for the well, not wardrobe person for the Dynasty tour, uh-huh. which was that costume. Oh. And she she did put up with shit out of those guys, and like. One of the best stories on there is, like, whenever Gene or Paul would piss her off, she would fuck with them back through their costumes. And, like, they were um, opening the tour in Lakeland, Florida. And it's, like, fucking swampland. It's hot as fuck. And they're doing all these rehearsals there. And Gene, as you probably are aware, is deathly afraid of insects and, like, lobsters and stuff like that. It, like, hates them. Yeah. Like, they scare the hell Shrimp. out of them. And uh, <laughs> there's these things called palmetto bugs in Florida that are like huge. Yeah, I lived there for a while. Okay, so you know what they are. They're basically water bugs with wings. And he had pissed her off, and, and he'd made a comment about something and, and made her mad. And she's in there, like, she would have to, like, glue his boots back together and paint things and stuff. Mm-hmm. She had worked on Broadway before Kiss, so she knew what she was doing. And, like, one day a palmetto bug just crawls right up on Gene's boot, and she's like, huh. Okay, so she just paints over it and it seals it in on his boot just to fuck with him. Oh, that's great. And then also, uh, she re- the most devious one was, you guys listening, if you haven't listened to the Pixie Asmon interview, go back and listen because it's funny as shit. But uh, Gina really irritated her on some something, and uh, so she started, like, you know, his boots were, like, kind of chromish metal looking, and, like, um... Fishing weights are also chrome metal looking. So she would every night add fishing oh, weights great. to his boots. Idea, and like so he'd get get off stage she'd be like, Pixie, I am so fucking tired. I don't know what's wrong. And she, I don't know. Maybe you're not exercising enough, G you may need to watch what you eat a little bit. <laughs> and like he'd be like, I don't know. And like she she would add a weight every night and like really fuck with him. And he had no idea what was going on. And like or she'd like and she was talking about Paul. She didn't say a name, but she's mm-hmm. like, you know, or a certain member of the band that would be like a little fussy about the way his waistline was. And, you know, maybe I'd take his costume in just a little bit, you know, once in a while. That's great. Yeah, like, yeah, she was fucking devious, wow. man. Well, hey, look, everybody, everybody has their own way of dealing with it. And believe me, think about the hotel people that had to deal with Oh, God, his, I can only imagine. And the food people. Yeah, with Gene especially. I I got up and left the restaurant. And all, and that was, because of the way he acted? Because of the way he was... I knew I was going to be eating the spit sandwich, and I wasn't Yeah, because he'd to. be king shit in front of the waitress. Well, he already yeah. did it. He already, like, it had already started, so I got up and left. I, I wasn't going to sit So what there. kind of stuff would he say? Okay, here's what happened. I'm sorry this is not so much Eric Carr information, but it, it, he was in the band. Oh, this is still being recorded. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can still tell you. That's just a story yeah. about Gene in a restaurant. It's not a right. big deal. Well, all right, so we get to the hotel, and, you know, we're on a tight schedule, and we're staying at a, a really nice hotel. But a lot of times in nice hotels, the restaurant is not open all day long. 
Sure. They close after lunch and they open for dinner. Yeah. Well, we got into town. We had, you know, our schedule and we show up at the hotel and it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon, which is during the dead time. All right. We didn't realize it. So as we get checked, checked in, Gene says, you know, we're all hungry. Hey, let's go get something to eat. So we go upstairs and we, and we see that we're setting the table. So we think that it's open and, you know, they're serving. So we go and we sit, seat ourselves and we're sitting there. <laughs> and the waiter comes over and, and says, I'm sorry, but we're, we're, we're close. And Gene says, no, you're not. <laughs> and the guy says, no, sir, I'm sorry, yeah. but... We're, we're closed. We're not open yet for another 45 minutes for, you know, till we open for dinner. No, I think you'll serve us. <laughs> Where is this? At a restaurant. At a restaurant. On the and road. So Gee. the guy says, no, we don't, there's no, you know, the, the oven's on, but, you know, we don't have any food ready yet. He says, today you work for me. I think if you go inside, you'll find that you'll be able to serve us. Oh, wow. Well, at that moment, Bruce had walked in, so I wasn't the only person sitting at the table, which would have made it really uncomfortable to leave. <laughs> but Bruce came and sat down, and so it was like my my opportunity. I, you know what? I'm gonna go up and shower and yeah. store some room service and, and all yeah, that, and not have spit in my food. Yeah, right? Because you know, well, and so, but you know, but that the thing is, is the, the kicker is the guy comes back. Yes, sir. We'll, we'll take care of you now. Right. They go and they check. They find out, you know, okay. They, and like, and we have Gene Simmons 30 rooms in the hotel. And Give so, him a brownie. Yeah. But, you know, typical typical post-meal conversation with the waiter. Uh, sir, would you like some dessert? I'd like some cookies. Uh, sir, we No. So what do you have for dessert? We have chocolate cake. Uh, we have Bruce pie. has told this story. I've heard Bruce tell this story. Oh, it's cookies. We have ice yeah. cream. We have... I'd like some cookies. No, sir, we don't have any cookies. We have pie, we have cake, we yeah. have ice cream. Um, no, I, I, I think I want cookies. Cookies. You see that? You see this? You hit the table. Put some icing on this. I want a cookie. Uh, is the chef in the restaurant? Tell the chef I want to talk to him. Back oh, you call yourself a chef? You, you can't make cookies? Well, guy goes back in. 20 minutes later, he's got a, a tray of oatmeal cookies. Oh, my God. <laughs> are, are they pubic hair oatmeal cookies? Yeah, who knows? Probably. Knows Probably. But he got his cookies. Oh, I mean, you know. It, That's just insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be a Kiss fan until I die, but come on. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's why Eric and I were so close, because... The yes. only two that yeah, because like Eric that. is like the, probably the last person that would act. Eric is the person apologizing to the waiter. Yeah, I'm sorry I bothered you, yes. sir. Yes. I'll go somewhere else and eat. Right, exactly. <laughs> you want me to take my food and go? You know, let me help you clean up the table. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's almost like Stranger in a Strange Land with Eric and that band. Although yeah. although Bruce didn't seem that egotistical either, but I don't know. Oh, don't people, give me that look. <laughs> people are like chameleons. They adapt to this. Right? Oh, okay. So, well, yeah. All right. <laughs> so you say everybody's no, trying to no, make a living. He, he was, most of the time he was okay. But if if, if pushed or yeah. encouraged to yeah. act that way, he could be He'd really fall snooty. in line. Yeah, he could be really snooty. Yeah. Now, did the guys and... Did, did Eric or the guys and Kiss ever want to just jam and... Play what, whatever. Yeah, sound check. Yeah. It was always, well, it was always. It wasn't 
really jamming, it was playing the best of Zeppelin. So no, oh, that was the main thing. Yeah. Zeppelin tunes. Paul would start off with the rock and roll. Yeah. Hello, love. Oh, okay. Benji <laughs> would ice skate around here at the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, we've got the the Gene action figure over here. I was gonna make him trying to make him ice skate. Put some ice skates on. I was gonna do that for you, but I couldn't make it work. You got any videos no. of that? Yeah, yeah. No. No. Videos of uh, the ice skating thing. All right, now you had a video on here that showed, it said golf. Yes. What is that? It's me, Paul Stanley, Samantha Fox. Oh, oh can we watch some of that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's put that on. I mean, this is awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't need to watch a whole show, though. But the yeah. candid stuff is, is, is... You want to see some candid stuff? Yeah, that's okay. even more fun to watch than them right. on stage. So, mind Although you... this has got to be the best footage of that era I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'd rather watch that than what's on Kissology, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. That, that's even better. But, uh, yeah, I saw golf, and I'm like, oh, yes. just, if Kiss is playing golf, I have to see it. We were in Newcastle, and Paul was dating Samantha Fox at the time. So we were looking for wow. something to do in the afternoon. I played golf. I had a set of golf clubs. Yeah. That I ca- that I carried with my luggage, you know. With these guys, that you had a guy who dealt with your luggage on the road, right? Right. So it was easy to bring extra stuff that you know always was around because I didn't have to carry it. Sure. <laughs> right. So right on. you know, I was a golfer, and so I I had just taken up the game, so I was a little bit over enthusiastic about it, you know. But I was traveling around, and I wanted golf to be able course, to play all golf kinds course. of course. Yeah. yeah. So I had a road case made for my clubs that would travel with the luggage. Yeah. And so. We were in a place where golf was born, and I was going to go play. Paul had never played. Samantha had never played. I was the only one who had ever played before. And so they thought it would be fun to go play golf. (laughs) (laughs) We're playing in a place where golf was invented, and and it's very traditional, and you got to dress properly. It's like the national sport there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Samantha shows up wearing... Like spandex pants, uh, knee-high riding boots. Oh. You know, I'm looking big forward to watching. I'm looking forward to watching this. I just they sent us home, Paul, because Paul wasn't dressed right either. Oh, really? So they said they had, we had to change. Paul ended up buying a bunch of clothes in the in the pro shop, and they ended up putting out a pro with us because they were afraid we were going to screw up the golf course. Right. right. Yeah. So rather than do that, they figured we better just give a lesson. Right. So that's what this so is. So this is okay. a golf lesson. Golf lesson. Golf lesson. Well, it was, it was also attempting to play around, uh-huh. which eventually we did, but it started with a lesson. Okay. That's why there's two parts. Okay. This so should it's be that cool. one here. starts it. This is when we first get there. All right. Golf in Newcastle. Ireland. Nice. That was Who's that, that, that was Samantha Fox's assistant. Okay. God, look at Paul's sunglasses. Yeah, like the Porsche Sylvester glasses. Stallone wraparound shades. Macho man. Those and a leather jacket. I got to describe this because yes. people aren't oh, seeing right, it. Right, right. So golf attire. Golf. Uh, Paul is like your classic wearing Wilson's black head to toe except jacket. for some white high top sneakers. See now that that's the proper golf. There's attire old right there. women walking They're like, through, walk with, like, through with disdain and, and disdain. Samantha Fox looks irritated. <laughs> So this is like what eighty eight, man. Yeah, exactly. And that's Graham. That was the SAS guy who was our security guy. Okay. He was a killer. This is a trip to watch. You can't hear anything he say. He, see, this is when he was on and wanted to be fun. He could be hilarious. Paul, so you should turn up the volume for, so you could hear some of the shit that's being said. 
Paul can be pretty funny when he wants to be. Yeah, exactly. And it's charming and everything. Yeah. And she doesn't want to be filmed, so I keep Who filming Who is she? Her. That's Samantha Fox's personal Her assistant. Yes. Okay. And he's trying to learn how to swim a golf club. Stay. Stay. Is Gene or anybody here? No, it's just it's just the five of us. Just you guys. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, you got down. Easy. And you said you haven't played before. I've seen it in photos. <laughs> oh, that's like the worst form of oh, yeah. any golfer I've ever seen. <laughs> he's, he's basically doing a baseball swing. Yeah, down that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> wait till you see him trying to hit the ball. Oh, I can't wait. Swing golf club with <laughs> a leather jacket on. Samantha Fox ain't all that hot in person. No, she was really short. Kind of chunky. She's not all yeah. made up in this. But she had huge boots. Yeah. She, that's what made her famous was she posed topless. Oh, I had the England. poster. Yeah. She had great tits. Right. Yeah, I had, I had the door poster. But see her in person, just regular like this, she's not all that. Well, you'll see her like the backstage at Donington. She was there. She was a little more dressed up. Done up, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought she was hot as hell. No, nah, she wasn't. No, well, that was me, but I liked her back then. But you're looking at the finished right. Yeah, that's what I had. And, I didn't yeah. have these behind-the-scenes footage of right. Paul Stanley yeah. and Samantha Fox playing golf. That's Paul's new. I'm glad that... I'm look, gl- his shoes that he had to buy. So say, I'm glad Paul didn't try to look outlandish or anything. Look, look at the sweater he bought. Oh, so he bought the official gear. Yeah, he bought there the right stuff. He wanted to fit in. No, they wouldn't let us on the course unless he did. Right. Oh, Samantha's got proper stuff on, too. The shoes... <laughs> Yeah, because now we have the pro with us. You'll see the uh, guy teaching us now. This is crazy. And everybody's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a different time. So the assistant didn't want to be there. No. Paul's got Damn it, Samantha. Can't you go on a date by yourself? Not with Paul Stanley. You have to come with me. Okay. They seem like There's a me. match to me. <laughs> Is that you? Yeah. <laughs> I already had my proper attire with me. Well, yeah. you know what you were doing. A Reykjavik Iceland Hard Rock Cafe sweatshirt on Gary. Yeah. And a big kiss hat. <laughs> Just in case Gene walks by. There you go. It's just like looking at baby pictures for you. Yeah. <laughs> now watch this. All right, here's Paul Stanley. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's so aware that the camera is on. Oh, I'm sure. See, the first thing he does Strike is look two. At me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please tell me he played 18 holes. Well, I remember if we played a full 18, but we did get out. We did there. do a lot, yeah. It looks like she's not much better. Yeah. Oh, she's better than Paul. Oh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. He was the worst one of everybody. Was he? Uh, he was so mad by the end of the day. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turn the camera off, Gary. I just want to What'd you think of Samantha? I loved her. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is the pro? Yeah. Was <laughs> you fast forward? Uh-oh. I don't know. No, I I don't know why that. That's, well, it ran uh-oh. out. Oh, is that the oh? So let's go to part two. Okay, so we gotta go part two. Well, Here's the chaperone, the rock and roll chaperone. This is such a now that watch. you're all dressed properly. 
Yes. Let me get you out here and show like you how to video golf. order for once. <laughs> There's many of them, but no. This is pretty wild this to see. This is wild to watch. And this is the pro dressed uh, head to toe in baby blue. Yeah, he's telling he's gonna show us how to do it right and then we'll, we'll and then each take gonna... a shot at it. Alright, you filthy rock and rollers. Let me teach you how to golf. Well, it was nice that they were at least nice to us as opposed to like yeah, us talk down to you. Yeah. That's true. That's cool. Okay, I bet Ireland was cool. Probably because you, at least one guy is trying. The one guy is trying. Let's give him a shot. Decibel Geek presents a golf talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. This guy doing this has no idea that many, many years right. later, yeah, rock years and roll later, fans will be watching this and he'll be, yeah, podcast famous. Now you got to find this guy so we can interview him, Oh, God. Him, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the city, Gary? Newcastle. Newcastle, England. Ireland. I'm sure there's only one golf club there. <laughs> the guy wearing all the baby blue. Yeah. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm get him on the phone for you. Yeah. Hello. I can dig people up, but I don't know about this guy. <laughs> it's going to be like, fuck off. Of course, I remember Gary Corbett. It was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Some guy named Paul was there, too. The next thing I'm about to do is to the club. Oh, come on, dude. Let's get over this there. This is a real lesson. Yeah, it really was because yeah. they didn't want us, you know. They want you goofing off. Yeah, they didn't want us ripping up their course. Gary's recording and thinking, if I'm ever going to be good at golf, I should probably record this and watch it over and over again. That's why I'm trying to steady my hand is. <laughs> Staying nice yeah, and still. Yeah, you're right on it. Yeah, he's doing the real thing. Okay. See, we're all standing around looking. Right. Paul's like, people. what the fuck is going on here? I just wanted to have fun. Whose idea was it to go golfing? Did they just kind of tag on with you, this, or, or did, he, did you so drag them with you? Well, they asked me where I was going, and it was like, oh, that sounds like fun. Oh, okay. You know. I bet you were like, I can't wait to Damn. go play golf in, in Ireland, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's Scotland, the Ireland. Did you feel like they were messing it up for you? Yeah, yeah. Gary. Yeah. Maybe you come up there first. Well, you're the only one that knows what's going on. <laughs> I can already tell you know more than they do that's how you hit a golf ball. Nice, Gary. And now watch everyone else do it wrong. Let everybody else look at you. So who's on the camera at this point? I guess Paul or Graham, or the security guy, maybe. That's a smooth swing. Another nice one. Even the pros giving you compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Top that, Paul Stanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what you got, oh, Star nice. Child. <laughs> oh, trust me, he doesn't. Oh, we're switching back to me being the cameraman. Oh, I guess it must have been Paul. Yeah. So when you put this out, you have to I'm just going to hold the camera. 
It'll, it'll go. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll, he'll hit the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although it looks like, yeah. he's, looks like he's digging a hole. Like, yeah. hey, that's what they hey, they, they sent me out here to make sure you guys weren't going to do that. Right. <laughs> replace your divots. You've got to replace your divots. Uh-huh. Just hold it with the center. You want that And that's what was so great about this. He'll end up hitting the ball probably pretty good. Yeah. Samantha will hit the ball. And then Paul gets up and it's just miss complete it completely. <laughs> Make the guy furious. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got to be the best. Get off my course. You see, it's at least straight. Yeah, he hit well, but right. he did just beat right, him. Let's get, let's get to Paul. Yeah, yeah he, he blew it. Fast forward to Paul's get to, Yeah, yeah. Oh, here he is. All right. There's already right. a big hole Paul's in the ground. Paul's not even bending his knees, no. which is the first mistake. He's all stiff. And then he's going to baseball. He's looking at everybody else, not listening to the guy mm-hmm. talking to him. All he's the, thinking is, I'm on camera. Yeah, this may be the only time I've ever seen Paul Stanley wear a baseball hat. Mm-hmm. You never see him in a hat. This is Paul Stanley from Kansas. It's Samantha. He the she was actually a lot of fun. She sounds cool. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh god, that's awful. He's trying to kill a fly. Yeah, so yeah he's, he's swatting at it. <laughs> that's not gonna go left. No. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <laughs>